Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 305 on Tuesday, the 11th of February, 2020. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where we get a lesson in why hedging one's production bets in a single country is fraught with risks, we'll be looking into getting our own LA agent. We wonder how accepting of delivery carts the public will be. And we enjoy a restored alpha. But first, we have a a touch of follow-up, and it is Gone. The first bit of it is that uh, Carlos Gone has taken Nissan and Renault, I think it is. No, it's Nissan and Mitsubishi. Sorry. Oh, Nissan and Mitsubishi, thank you. To a smarty pants. Uh, court in Holland, in Amsterdam, for unlawful termination of his employment. His team, his legal team, is asking for a variety of legal documents because they say that he's been accused, shamed in public, um, and they don't know what he's been really accused of. He's, he's had no way in which to uh, have a conversation or refute the claims that are made against him. Funnily enough, Nissan and Mitsubishi's legal team have said, not a chance, thank you very much. So we'll have to- I think they've described it as going on a fishing expedition. And it, and it is fishing for 15 million euros in damages. Yes. So, you know. Well, if they have a followed process. It's probably, well, quite exactly. Especially, yeah. Especially with these things. And, and who's to say what the process is? Uh, well, yes, we haven't we haven't expanded our legal expertise to the Dutch <laughs> employment law. That's for sure. Not yet. <laughs> no, well, I, I yes, <clears throat> yes. Well, I'm not linking to this this story, but it was it was rumored, or it is rumored, that Carlos Ghosn has employed a very famous LA agent in which to seek out TV and movie deals about his story. This is allegedly. Uh, I'm not sure how much I'm convinced by that, but uh, it, we, we should have we should have done that last week, I, shouldn't I we? Know, Two BBC yes. requests in a week. Yes, because yeah. we we they seem to have found us, and it's very nice when mainstream media recognises you. Well, kind of ask you. I think they I think they do cast out quite a wide net, though. To be honest, let's let's not yes, flatter but ourselves. We, we made it into that net. Is well, yes, that's true. That's true. Anyway, let's keep going because that almost sounds like we're sitting here patting each other on the back over something very small, but never mind. The UK new car market Mm -hmm. in January fell 7.3%. That's slightly more than a rounding error. (laughs) That's more than a rounding error. That's, that's, um, yes, that's a distinctive dip, I would say. Not great at all. Uh, So the total numbers were 149,279 vehicles registered uh, in January 2020, as opposed to 161,013, unluckily enough. A few percentage changes. Private registrations were down at 13.9%, fleet 2.2%, and business 4.2%. Up. Business was up 4.2%. Oh, business was up 4.2%. So it was. Pardon me. I was so busy reading all the negatives, I'd stopped noticing them. Funnily enough, this month, all the year-to-dates are just the same. So you're spared those. (laughs) I know. There was a 36% drop in diesel registrations, 9.5% in petrol. Battery electric vehicles are up 203%. Plug-in hybrids up 111%. Uh, Hybrids generally up 20%. uh, Just... A hybrid was up uh, 
of the potentially self-charging variety was up 20.6%. A mild hybrid diesels, mild hybrid petrols up a couple hundred percent, a few hundred percent in the case of mild hybrid diesels. Yeah, just because there's more of them about and... It's because all the manufacturers are held on to them till 2020 because of the because of the potential fines. That's what is conspiracy. I don't think so. <laughs> Come on, it's fitting the Give narrative so far. It's fitting the narrative. It is fitting the narrative so far, but I don't I don't know that that's really the case. We'll only know by the end of the year. <laughs> well, exactly. We've got another 11 months of this to go through. He said self-censoring. Thank you. Bestsellers are about as boring as you could get, I think, generally speaking. Number 10 uh, was the Vauxhall Grandland X with 2,261 of them registered. None of these are particularly big, big numbers this month. Ninth was the Polo. Eighth was the 3 Series. Seventh was the Kia Sportage. And all of those are within 1,000. There's a bit of a jump. All those are within 200, actually, of the 10th. There's a bit of a jump to the A-Class, the car everyone loves to lease, uh, at 3,214. A bit of a, another small jump to the Volkswagen Golf at number 5 at 4,027. Plateaus again for the Corsa and the Qashqai. A small rise to the Ford Focus in at number 2 at 5,287 registrations. And, of course, at number 1 is the Ford Fiesta with 6,087. So about exactly 800 more. Mm-hmm. Whoa, mental arithmetic on the go just there. It's incorrect as well. <laughs> yes, that was the scary part. Uh, so, yeah, so not very big or interesting numbers. As you can imagine, with a dip like that, there's a lot of red on the spreadsheet of doom. You're not going to do all of them, are you? I am, but I won't won't go through all the numbers. Right, we'll start at the top for Doom, and Alan can bring us back with joy and happiness. Alfa Romeo, Alpine, all down. Citroen, uh, Dacia, down. Hyundai, down. Quite a big chunk there for them. Sorry, Dacia were down 51%, by the way, just to... Just that, that was a particularly bad. That's one of the worst of the month. Hyundai down, Kia down... Mazda down again. Uh, Mini down quite a big chunk for them. That's 31%. Smart continuing their plummet because they're supposed to be just going to be an EV company soon. But No vehicles. Yeah. No vehicles. Uh, Sanyong down 50%. Subaru down 72%. Suzuki down 40%. No Jimneys to buy. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Vauxhall down... 24% or nearly 25% and other British down 22%. Conan Allen, make it, make us show us some good news. <laughs> On the up are the other imports. Another boat came in. Which then. of course includes, yeah, another boatload of Tesla's coming, which includes Tesla. In other words, Nissan up 18%. That must be new Duke, I would imagine. I've seen a lot of them. Yep. Special edition coming at some point soon. Uh, Mitsubishi, up 16 mg up 144 percent right i've been thinking about this i've been i've been i've been thinking about this we have routinely taken the mickey out of them for uh press releases glorifying yes but to be fair now to still be rising it's consistent percentage so this is well beyond the you know a 12 month cycle of it Mm, i think well done to mg 
in all fairness to them, well done because they have continued to grow. Okay, we're only talking 1,846 registered this month, but that's still from when they started at nothing. Oh, they come on. They pootled along, pootled along at almost nothing for years. Yeah, They're, they are doing something right, so well done to them. I would like to try the ZSEV. That's it. I, I need to get in touch with them mm-hmm. uh, and try and follow that up because I think it's interesting. Anyway, Lotus up 28%, Lexus up 44%. Okay, go, and on, no, G- right, go back. Explain what the 28% <laughs> is in numbers, in actual numbers of vehicles. Two. <laughs> it's gone from seven to nine. Again, why would you register a Lotus in this country at this time of year? Bleeding miserable. You're a masochist. Well, be fantastic on a nice day. Yeah, a masochist. That's basically it. Uh, anyway, Jeep up 27%. That's me. I'm done. No, you're not. W- why? Oh, was Bentley up as yep. well? If I remember right. Sorry, I hadn't scrolled all the way to the top. I thought 37% up. Cool. So that's that. New car registration's <laughs> done. Tick. There you go. So some of you will be, oh, they went through it really quickly, and some of you will be, be yay, really, really fast. <laughs> Can't please any of the people any of the time, Alan. That's where we no, that's where I we know. Sit. <laughs> that's what we've discovered. Right, let's move on. Uh, connected with sales, registrations, and all the rest of it, uh, Mercedes-Benz came out with their uh, results for last year, and they have taken a real big hit to profits. Their uh, income was up actually three percent on the or the revenue sorry it was up three percent on the previous year at 145.5 billion pounds but they had been hit by legal costs and including in that is a fine for and this this is one of those moments where you go uh, because this was to do with uh, various diesel models were suspected of featuring measures to manipulate exhaust emissions or diesel gate as we know it normally, if it was mm. Volkswagen. And it's amazing how these other companies that have been found or suspected to be using devices have pretty much only got legal costs. It's not like it, yeah. there's been a reputational damage like Volkswagen have had. No, exactly. But even then, you know, if there was serious reputational damage at Volkswagen, we wouldn't see the continued increase in sales and everything else it's it's a bizarre one mm, yeah it, but it's 769 million pounds worth of fine we're talking about here yeah yeah and plus you get what you also have to add in which we covered slightly last week as part of their recalls is they've they've been hit by the airbag recall a further airbag recall which most manufacturers have been hit by mm-hmm. um on that side of things one of the big other issues they've had is their van division which made a 2.6 billion loss which is how on earth has it managed that sorry well, i don't understand that well, yeah considering light commercial seemed to be a booming market in europe and the sprinter's still selling well yeah i mean it's definitely a big market in the uk but they're going to can the x class aren't they they are which is well you see that was part of the tie in with nissan mm. of course and if they and the alliance and if they're stepping away from that I mean, you don't see that many Citans. You see a couple of X-Classes. Well, it's a shame because I like them. really class. old now. I mean, they need, they yeah. need, they desperately need a new. The game has moved on so far. They have always suffered from a hefty whack with the ugly stick. Mm. In fact, I don't think that there's been a vehicle that we've had as a, as a test vehicle 
for a week where I had been quite so scathing about it as the sitter. Yeah, the looks were not in its favour. Neither was the pricing. That's no, the that thing. I don't understand it, it. And the world's smallest sat-nav. But I don't know. moving on, maybe the size of my thumbnail. Moving on, yeah. uh, and it was because I've got a picture to prove it, but they, they are also heavily investing in electrification, connectivity, and uh, driver assistance technology. So that's still got to go on because things are moving mm. forward. Mm-hmm. And part of the consequence of all this is they say 15,000 rolls across the uh, UK, uh, UK, across the globe. Mm-hmm. See, it's not all about us. Across the globe are, are expected to be lost. That includes management positions. So that's not just, yep. that's not just uh, shop floor and factory floor yep. workers. So let's see. 15,000 out of 298,655 to give you an idea of scale. They're big, big company. I think this is an indication of how tough the car market is out there. There's lots of things happening at once. There's tightening of environmental regulations and what's expected of vehicles there's increased requirements in safety tech all these mm-hmm. other sort of things and then the volatile global market thanks to people's throwing toys out of prams and making statements and then making different statements the next week it's, it, it's just yeah. very hard on both sides of the atlantic yeah yeah absolutely it's it's not one particular side this is a this is a global phenomenon we're all blessed to be enjoying you are a little ray of sunshine tonight, aren't I you? am. So uh, we're trying to get the bad, most of the bad news over in, I don't know, these 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 three stories. So Jaguar Land Rover is to cut production at Castle Bromwich and Solihull as a cost-cutting measure due to falling demand. They're going to move to a four-day week, isn't it? Uh, yes. Um, yes, uh, a four-day week from late February. That's because of basically falling demand for XE, XF, and F-Type uh, at Castle Brom, and um, and also a little bit on Range Rover, Range Rover Sport, Villar, and F-Pace as well. They're all in mid-cycle as well, aren't they? That's the challenge, yeah. But it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, Evoke sales are up 30%. Disco Sport is up uh, 9.2%. And remember, those are nice new models there that are that are, are, are peaking. Jaguar sales declined for every model, sadly. Yep. Yep. Right. Uh, the last bit of potential, probably bad news. Everyone's car insurance in the UK is, is likely to cost more in 2020. And the motoring research website uh, and our friend Gavin Braithwaite Smith has listed five reasons why this is likely to happen. Car theft is on the up, personal injury compensation, the higher cost of repairs, which we, we do know that from the, the technology that's involved. Wait, wait, wait. The, the, the personal injury compensation one, by the way, is because there has been there has been a change in the way that uh, that insurers have to pay out mm. to people on that. Yeah, so sorry, previously, so just quickly, thing is that it used to be that it was paid, it could be paid in installments. Mm. So the insurance companies would then, you know, they, they'd have the money for a bit longer, so they would add the interest into it. Uh, and now it's it's being being uh, paid out as a lump sum, as far as I understand it, from the two paragraphs there. Yep. So that that's why the personal injury stuff is is up. And funnily enough, those extra costs were, are being passed on to us. Uh, yes. There's the higher cost of repairs, obviously all the safety systems, they're all in the extremities. They get damaged. It costs mm. a lot to change them. 
the B word is mentioned because of the value of the pound, which this household found out when somebody went abroad last week. There's a big effect of that, Mm -hmm. which was a hell of a shock, actually. And this obviously knocks on to importing parts, replacement parts from abroad. There is a a long-term problem that we have in this country, which is insurance fraud. And that's that all those combined together have created the what is quoted as saying the perfect storm of factors yes further down in this uh, in this article is a list of suggestions to reduce your uh, extra uh, any increases um through your insurance um, but one of the main ones and it's been, i saw something mentioned today in an article is to shop around when you're when you're sent your annual yeah, your annual thing it's something in the region of of 675 million pounds a year britain's pay extra because they just go it's okay i'll just pay it doesn't matter i can't be bothered searching and just don't do that humongous savings we had even by just ringing up your exist you know if you're happy with the service from your current insurance company phone up and say look this is ridiculous why is it you know it's risen this much if i go to someone else i can get it for this much if you it's better if you actually have like you know gone to someone else and they're not lying uh, and then say get it for this much you know, I'd really like you to match that because I'm happy with you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. One of the things I'm discovering about being old uh, is the joys of when you add a vehicle to your insurance and they quote you a comically low number. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, yeah, I'll just take the fully comp. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But all the other there are, are mostly common sense. Just require a bit of effort. Yes, they do, a little bit. Yeah, that's all. Uh, including... Right, tell, tell us about this interesting-sounding news item from America about a, a, a delivery vehicle. Right. So, in the US, we often say there's no such thing as an autonomous car. Okay, and there continues to be no such thing as an autonomous car. No matter what Nissan keeps putting out on their Twitter feed. Nissan? Yep. They're claiming oh, they're that. claiming that working with I can't remember what the organisation is because I'm trying to blank it that they've done the longest autonomous journey in the oh. UK. Oh, even yeah, though I there was that, a guy yeah. sat at the wheel for the entire time yeah. who then took over when it came off the motorway. Yes. Well, there we go, huh? That's marketing for us. Uh, so, however, a company called Neuro in the US has well, they petitioned the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standards agency in the u.s in october 2018 about its neuro uh, delivery vehicle okay and whether or not that it could have exemption from some of the nhtsa requirements about vehicles that they have to have side mirrors rear visibility glazed windscreen all of these kind of things because what it what it wants what it now has permission to do is to run essentially a little autonomous van on the roads mm. in the US. And it is properly autonomous. It has sensors in all the places you'd expect sensors. It's about the size of a small pony, I think. That was the best I could come up with as sort of size of things. So it's like a very small car. But it doesn't have space for a passenger. All it does is carry goods. Mm-hmm. It'll only do 25 mile an hour as well. Well, that, I'm just getting to that. So, it, however, in order to do this, it is limited to 25 miles an hour. It is possible for it to be remotely driven by someone at a neurotechnical center should something go wrong. 
obviously it cannot carry people. Uh, so there are a lot of limitations to this this vehicle. And they're trying to do it, and it seems that everything is being done to try and minimize minimize risk. But it is going to be an autonomous vehicle on the road. Now, some of you who have been to Milton Keynes recently might think, but but they've got them in Milton Keynes. It's like, no, it's significantly bigger than the little Starship robots that you see buzzing along the cycle paths and the pavements in Milton Keynes. Where Milton Keynes, by the way, being, because they're not on the road, they are on the pavement. Uh, and as well as that, Milton Keynes uh, minimizes the number of places where pedestrians have to cross roads and stuff so they can buzz along the pathways which go under the roads through the underpasses and all that kind of thing so it's a bit different Mm -hmm. obviously the challenge with one of these kind of devices for delivery is that you still have it's this one is big enough that it still can only stop in the road so when it delivers something you still have to go out and fetch it it's not like there's a little Amazon man who comes to your door. Yeah. And that, to me, I think is the flaw in these things. Yeah, that's the bit I don't understand. People talk about the last mile issue. I think it's the last 50 feet issue, Ooh. or however it is from the, the road to your front door. Because today we happily enjoy people driving a vehicle that's probably clapped out <laughs> <laughs> and all the rest of it to deliver our fast yeah. food. And we expect it to come to our door and not for us to have to go out in what is delightful weather right now, <laughs> particularly. It, I, th- I think in California, it might be that it's less of an issue because you can just go out in bare feet or out in flip-flops or whatever. But I don't know, here in the UK, where it's sort of cold and damp and crappy, yeah. it doesn't really, that doesn't really follow. I mean, and I, so, I can so- see the sense with the little ones. If they come up to your front door and you just have to open the door and get what it is out of it. But it, these just... But I've seen other I've seen other concepts where basically it's a big thing and then it has little robots that come off it and then they, they actually you know it pull the big one pulls oh, up so near like your door and a little it's... thing comes out and then the mothership yeah exactly exactly that model mothership and this little thing comes up which is a little bit creepy to be honest but it's getting it to your door yeah but I think that challenge number one is of course getting these things on the road there's a good on the jalopnik article that's that's linked in the show notes there's a there is a video from neuro of it at a proving ground about two years ago and i would hope that there'd been improvements since yeah but about two years ago, and it's showing you know and they do actually have people cycling and all sorts of stuff and it shows it working its way around them as as part of the demonstration it's quite interesting whether you like the overall concept or not it is quite interesting that this is possible i mean i I can i can see this sort of thing being much more useful in a an industrial setting you could if if you had multiple sort of units in an industrial park and you needed stuff transported from one to another then that then this would be absolutely perfect for that really would be yeah yeah well we'll see we'll see how it goes just thought that was an interesting one and a little bit different. No, no, it is interesting. It is interesting. Right, the the last article before we get to uh, half time. Uh, well, end of part one. Yeah, probably will be. And that is the news that the Justice Department has dropped its antitrust probe against automakers that sided with California on emissions. If you remember last year, the White House got really quite stroppy that California turned around and said, no, we don't care that you want to wheel this back. We're, we're going to make uh, miles per gallon tighter. We're going to make emissions tighter. 
it, it it's ridiculous that you're trying to do this this was his but this if you remember rightly was the u.s president trying to explain to people that by allowing was it by allowing essentially worse emissions and rolling back all of the environmental stuff then it would make cars lighter and safer and be better for the environment okay mm. yeah that remember that that was what was behind this yeah, well, and as we know, he, he reacts so well when somebody defies him or publicly calls him out. So he got the Justice Department to investigate and try and take the car manufacturers, which was Ford, Volkswagen of America, Honda and BMW, to antitrust. Uh, but it turns out they've done nothing illegal whatsoever, so they've... They've quietly. They wished that this had quietly gone away, but it hasn't, as this is all splashed mm. inside the New York Times, which is the link in the show notes. I find America fascinating because the power the states actually have is. I know it's a it's a different setup over there than over here, but it'd be like, you know, Lancashire suddenly turning around and going, right from now on, we're only going to have these things. You, you've got to remember that it is essentially fifty little countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of gathered under one banner, and Germany's a bit similar. It's a number of different states all gathered together, and both of them are really, in their current state, very new countries, and and they're the ones where we see this. You know, the different areas have can set their laws, can sue under whatever they want, and that's why we see Lower Saxony and and stuff so much whenever we're talking about about uh, about Volkswagen and about about Germany, whereas you only ever see the whole of France. The Department of Alpes Maritimes in France does not have any of these things because everything is centralized. Mm. And the US and Germany are the complete opposite. Sorry, they fit under my not a definition of civilized because they, they're they not actually proper countries, <laughs> especially not the US. Germany does, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's a whole list um, of them. Before, before we are banned from certain countries in the world, do you want to go to Guilt Minute? <laughs> Yeah, let's go to Gelt Minute before I lay into Switzerland. They can't even decide on their official language, people. Oh, God. Anyway, it is that point of the show where before I'm arrested in Geneva at the start of next month, uh, I'll remind you to think about and consider what the motoring podcast is worth to you and if you can raise Swiss bail money for me. Uh, if you feel it's worth a small amount of your hard-earned cash, then please do head to motoringpodcast.com and click on the orange Become a Patron button there on the front page. If you're already a patron, then you absolutely rock. Uh, we understand, of course, that not everyone has the ability to do this, so please don't forget to like, rate, and leave feedback via the podcast player of your choice. Obviously, you're all absolutely wonderful having done all of that. Uh, but should you desire coffee mugs, T-shirts, or the like, uh, then you might want to go and visit our merchandise page at motoringpodcast.com uh, and then click on the shop button at the top. Obviously, of course, one last way you can support us is to actually subscribe. That means you will get the next wonderful installment of Alan Insults Countries for free. <laughs> uh, making sure we come to you without the anxiety and worry that you miss out on the next show. If you do need any help choosing a podcast player for your platform, then uh, give us a shout because we're happy to come up with uh, with suggestions yep. and other listeners tend to chip in with their opinions as well yes. uh, at that point, which is just great. Yep. You all rock, mm -hmm. people. You Thank do. you. You do. Right. Formula E. Formula E, Mexico Epri coming up this weekend with a new track. The track now has a an appendage. <laughs> 
Um, yes, where formerly there was one massive corner, there is now a dangly bit uh, added to it. Uh, however, the rest of the track they have removed a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of smaller chicanes as part of this. Try to remove some of the constraining bits that cause accidents. Uh, so the the track now will be 1.62 miles long. Uh, it won't have as many weird chicanes around the place uh, on it either. People are saying that there could well be new speed records made. They are expecting the, the speeds to actually approach 150 miles an hour, uh, which is, I think it's the limit. It's pretty much the limit on the cars. The reason they are limited speed-wise, by the way, is because of where the races take place. And it means that they they have to limit the speed on these things. And this is why the chicanes have always been there. So that, so that they don't need to have two helicopter ambulances, a full on medical center, et cetera, et cetera, on site at the race, because most of the time it's not possible to, to basically there isn't room for it. Yeah. But that's the reason by Formula E's like that. It's, it's because it keeps them below a certain FIA standard. And this is going to get them as, as darn close as they're ever going to get, I think. Well, it's, there's also the altitude, isn't there? Because of the air that that might help with the speed because they're electric, the thinness of air, they'll be able to pass through it easier. Possibly. But because they're not a, a combustion engine, they don't need to suck the air don't in. They don't lose the, power, I know, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah so. No, I hadn't, honestly hadn't thought of that, and yeah, okay. But I, That's but a it, good point. Interesting one. I, I'm looking forward to seeing if it does, well, I'm looking forward to there being less crashy points, for starters, because that's dumb. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, it'd be interesting to see what a really fast track does equate to yes exactly and and from this, a spectator point of view yeah know? yeah yeah absolutely no it should, it should be a good one it should be well worth well worth tuning in for on on, on saturday yep rally sweden yes. which is by the way a civilized country <laughs> so glad you said that you know from personal experience having been there it is this weekend rally sweden and they've had to tweak the route because there's very little snow so this is actually going to be a sort of horrible, gravelly, bit of icy, bit of snowy, yucky one, really. Not not what we would typically expect. So no, it's going to be quite hard work, I think, for the drivers. The general consensus of the reporting on it is it's going to be a, a, a grim one for the teams to get through. They, did, they weren't sure if it was even going to be on a week ago. No. That, that's how close it's run. And as it is, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stages which have been cancelled so they are running on fewer stages including the i think it's vargosen stage excuse my pronunciation which is the one with collins crest boo and indeed hiss for the lack of snow. absolutely absolutely which is a great shame because that was that was the absolute I don't know. The that very was just the most Swedish bit of it. Not just that. It, it, you know what? It was left. Sure, the cars were awesome, but and this sounds like me, but it was just the whole number of drunken Scandinavians and the fires and everything. Oh, gonna, was, he's, I'm going to start gonna talking go about sausages again. It was. They, they, they made the, the Nurburgring was civilized compared to that. No, it was. It was. It's, it's a real shame. It's it's brilliant. I really hope there's enough snow, and I hope people have a, a fantastic time there. Yeah. 
Right, lunchtime read. And you found this one. Uh, it's from Vice, which we don't normally go to. But uh, it is the title of the article is Electric or Not, Big SUVs Are Inherently Selfish. And this is off the back of the news that General Motors is bringing out the or trying to reimagine the Hummer brand, this time as an electric-only vehicle and brand. So uh, it's, it's a really interesting article that goes into what what first attracted people to the Hummer? Why, you know, why it was such a, a hit for for when it was, but also then going on to talk about SUVs. And this isn't in a uh, all SUVs are dreadful and it's you know it, we're anti SUVs or anything like this. This is actually just reporting on how people have have spotted uh, issues with them and commented on them and written books and things like that. But not in a like I say, it's not fanatical way it's it's actually a really really good read some of the terms of phrase are quite something that it, that it's a a fund that it's a reaction to a fundamental subconscious animalistic state our reptilian desire for survival mm. well we've we've asked the question on this show quite a few times haven't we that uh, particularly when we've had the designers on do you, mm. do you are cars a reflection of society or is society a reflection of cars or is it six of one half dozen of the other and you can you can see that with the SUV. If you look at, well, it is easy to agree with that sentiment if you look at society across the globe generally and then look at what is the most popular vehicle that people are buying, that people are mm. trying to, to make themselves, if we go animalistic, they're trying to make themselves look bigger. They're trying to make themselves more imposing than anything else and you know, frighten anyone off before there's a threat and and things like that. But also, I think there's a there's a retreating as well. It's it's almost like the people are going around in their own ivory castle. Oh look, we've we've kept everybody out. We're all isolated. We're we're safe in here. Especially stuff like the the H two and H three, which were big and imposing on the outside, but absolutely tiny with tiny little windows yeah. from the inside. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting. I mean, it's a it's a long article. It's a good it's a good few minutes of reading. Uh, there by Aaron Gordon, but it's it's well worth the time. I think mm-hmm. it definitely is. Do go read it's that. It's an one. interesting one. It's thought provoking. Mm. We like to do that now and again. Yes, but it, normally by mistake. There was another article which I was going to propose for a lunchtime read, but it's uh, it is behind a registration wall, so you don't necessarily have to pay. You get one free premium article a week, and this could be your one. And it's it's by Alex Robbins at scroff on twitter he's put a piece in the telegraph uh, talking about the need to talk, to look at electric vehicles energy consumption and not just their range because right at the minute and i agree completely with him on this it's absolutely and it echoes stuff that we've said on here before that it's that actually the the efficiency is what's so important is far more important than the size of your battery because as it is at the minute you're kind of comparing fuel tank sizes as opposed to the actual economy and of course a more efficient ev for the same range means that it's smaller it's lighter uh, but it also means that it takes less time to charge mm. uh, so there are real wins at looking at at, at the efficiency of of your ev uh, because of course it takes less time to charge because for the same distance you've got a smaller battery and therefore there's less energy needs to be put into it and people seem to forget that about EVs because they always quote you know a time to charge something but it does depend an awful lot on on how much electricity uh, your vehicle needs to go a certain distance mm-hmm. 
really interesting. And it, it comes back to the other one that I've got with EVs is always the regen, of course, and how slickly and smoothly that works. And that's a major factor in, in the efficiency of EVs as well. Yep. Yep. I'll stop pontificating now, shall I? <laughs> Uh, but no, that's well worth reading. If you do have a spare, a spare premium article, uh, premium article available to you on the Telegraph, then then do have a read of Alex's Alex's piece because it's 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 a cracker. I really like it. Yep, it is. Andrew, tell us about how we can fill up. Oh no, it's me, isn't mm. it? Because I stole that last one. It's my turn to tell people about <laughs> how best to fill up their calendar for the rest of 2020. Uh, and again, it's Motoring Research. They have a big list of motoring events uh, that are coming up, and it is a big list. So if you worked your way through this list, you could fill up most of the weekends of the year, uh, if not uh, double book yourselves on quite a few of them. Uh, and as well as that, right down at the bottom is a list of everything that you've missed as well. So we've already missed Retromobile, sadly. Uh, we've missed the Great Western Car Show. We've missed the Haynes Breakfast Club on the 2nd of February. But we've still got so much to look forward to right the way through until the Classic Motor Show at the NEC from the 13th to 15th November. They are missing one important event. They are missing the Festival of the Unexceptional, which is on Saturday, the 25th of July at Grimsthorpe Castle. It's not, it's there, it's in the list. Is it? I, it is, because uh, I've just hit, I've just reached it. Yes, I can ah, see it now. It's at the same time as Carfest North. So if you're going to Carfest North, you probably can't make Festival of the Unexceptional. But let's face it, I know which one I'd rather be at. I must have added that, because when I first saw this list, it wasn't on. The list keeps changing. It, this, is, I think, is. <laughs> It is like it is constantly updated uh, with an invite to add it to send them information for any that they might have missed. So really, this is something to bookmark and to keep an eye on. Yep, absolutely. It's a good list. Good list. Yep, it, it's a great wide one. variety of stuff. Excellent. Right. Oh, and finally, yeah. Now there is a video from Paul Woodford, who uh, creates these uh, videos for what's what's the. Um, the Twitter handle that uses for is it Car Films or something like that? I think so. Yeah, I can't remember. I just look and go, oh, it's Paul. Yeah, it's but Paul Woodford makes uh, videos about classic cars and stuff like that, and this time he has actually made one using the Great Escapes Alpha Sud, of which I have sat in while it was sitting dusty in the corner. But before it was before it was completely refurbished. Yes, which which. Graham claims I helped prompt him to do mm-hmm. in, in a tweet, which I, I will take that as a pat on the back. No problem. I will, I will take reflected glory in that. But they've they have restored the Alpha Sud, which looks gorgeous. Uh, and Paul Woodford has created a video about the history of the Alpha Sud and everything, and what it's like to drive and occasionally be able to stop. <laughs> which is yes. rather interesting, <laughs> considering how handy Paul is at driving. <laughs> As yeah, well. yeah, quite. He's, he's... But this is a great. This is a great uh, five minutes video for you to just just watch and and learn some information uh, <laughs> and possibly <laughs> hear him discuss olives on pizzas and how that didn't translate to building cars, <laughs> things like that. But this is a great little video. And the, the car is clearly the star in this. Paul's great, but the car is the star in this. And uh, yeah. I'm very happy that the Great Escapes have actually, that Graham has got this on the road again. And mm-hmm. I now need an excuse to go down and visit him. Yes. Just to look at it clean and shiny. 
Oh uh, well, yeah, there is that. Uh, the the other thing is, of course, it's just worth having a flick back through some of some of Paul's previous videos. The Jaguar Mark II one being a particular a particular highlight in there. So do, do have a do have a flick back through there. It's it's well worth it. Yep. I think that rounds us up for the week, doesn't it? Uh, any parish notes? The special edition that didn't make it out last Friday will be out this Friday. Apologies, everyone, but some of the external factors externally factored and meant that it couldn't get out last week. Uh, mm-hmm. Another thing we need to thank Daniel Puddlecombe for uh, his kind offers for help for this evening, but it just it just couldn't happen. But just want to thank him for the suggestions that he, he came to us with. Yep, there's some stuff for next week's show as well, uh, which I'd missed. So yep. that's a good one. And we're going to have a competition next week. Yes, we are going to have a competition next week. We meant to have it this week, but we haven't thought of a question yet. Yeah, so stay tuned. You can win something. We're really organised at the minute, as I'm sure you cannot tell. Yes, definitely. And that's something worth winning as well. It is. Anyhow, until then, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Uh, don't forget about a patron offer available at motoringpodcast.com slash support. Please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcast or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. Now, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what is the best way for them to do that? Twitter as well, where I'm at AJP Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We will be back soon, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.